Well, we're seeing kids for the first time this weekend. I'm ready to adopt. Adopting an older child is not an easy decision. My name is Esther. Well, why aren't you down at the party? I've never really seen the point of it. I guess I'm different. There's nothing wrong with being different, you know. This is an extraordinary little girl. She's very mature for her age. You seem to have made quite a connection. I don't think Mommy likes me very much. Why was she at your hospital? Oh, my God. I love you, Daddy. I can't do it anymore. I have a surprise for you, Mommy. What are you doing? It's your killer host. My name is Parker, your resident horror fanatic. And I'm Julianne, your A24 whore. And welcome to... What's Your Favorite Scary Movie is a horror film podcast where we're on a journey to find our favorite scary movie one at a time. Whether you hate them or love them, join us and discover yours. Spoilers ahead, so plan your movie screening every weekend before the episode release. Happy New Year! Hi, 2021. Hi, Parker. Oh my god. <laughs> How, that's how that's how horny I am for a new year. Even though I don't think it's going to be any better, but that's yeah. I was about to say, what rate am I being charged per minute right now? <laughs> Ooh, Julianne, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Hello, and, everyone. Burr, it's a little chilly. I'm so cold. You know, the weather outside frightful. <laughs> And uh, that is my segue into saying we watched Orphan this week. That's all I had. <laughs> a well, movie it's, it's, that is it's, cold. It's snow horror, snorfin, as they say in the movie. <gasps> Bringing it back, see? Oh snorfin. my God. Remember that part? Remember that part? <laughs> yeah, because that part did make me laugh. I know. You know, Ugh. any just little stupid pun in a movie and you know everyone cringes and i'm the one in the theater theater that's like <laughs> so did you see this in theaters no um <laughs> i don't know why i said that was such a disdain no no i did not no i um actually i was texting you that i bought so i had a video store in my hometown where mm-hmm. you know they would have the new release rentals up on the wall and they'd have like 20 copies cuz they were hot and after that time had kind of passed maybe like a month, they would sell all the extra rental copies for like a dollar. Right. And so it got to the point where just buying those copies were cheaper than renting it. So, I mean, when I rented this, instead I just bought the DVD for a dollar and it's like a really shitty DVD. It says a rental like on the disc and there are no special features or anything. You turn it on, it's a picture oh. of Esther and it just says play movie. And that's the only option. Yeah, I, I do have the blue. The blue is pretty, oh, and um, I've I had a DVD and rewatched it. God, this is your first time you've seen it since it came out. You said, "Oh yeah, it's been a while." Oh, I watch it every year around the, <laughs> around the, in the winter because she's a winter she's a wintry movie. But she did come out in July. Yes, which we she just our last film actually that we reviewed on this podcast gremlins came out in july did it really i didn't know that it did and i mentioned it on that episode but in a a special features documentary joe dante said Uh that if they put it out at christmas then christmas would be over and everybody would stop watching it but if they put it out in july then people would be hot and they would want a little snowy fun. So in July. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this is not a Christmas movie. This is a January movie. I've decided. Yes, we've decided. We said so. It is now canon. 
Orphan was directed by Yome Colette Sarah, who also has directed movies that you've probably seen because when I saw the credits for Orphan come up, I was like, never heard of that person in my life. But he also directed House of Wax from 2005, The Shallows from 2018, and the upcoming movie from Disney, Jungle Cruise. So... What a what a <laughs> collection of films. That's out of nowhere. Uh, it was written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Oh, and I thought that this was very interesting. Dig into this, Julianne. He was a co-writer on The Conjuring 2 from 2016 and Aquaman 2018, both James Wan films. So now, going from there, he is the sole screenwriter on the upcoming Conjuring movie, The Devil Made Me Do It. And... His upcoming films besides that include a reboot of A Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what IMDb said, which, do we know about that? No. I I mean, I feel like every other day there's like a, a Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and blah, 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 blah. So mm. like, I, I mean, it's for now. It, well, it's, it's, it's right. and we've <laughs> but, been told that we can't always trust IMDb, but IMDb. it was listed yeah as he is the writer on a reboot of A Nightmare on Elm Street. So keep your eyes out from that. It says it's in pre-production. And back to James Wan, Aquaman 2. So it seems like he's really gotten on that, um, you know, climbed that ladder. And What was that, Twisted Pictures? Is that James Wan's James? I think so. Now, Orphan is a production uh, by Dark Castle Entertainment, which this is has not come up on our podcast before. So, quick rundown: it's an entertain or a, it's a production company whose name is inspired by William Castle, the famous director from uh, would you say the fifties? Yeah, something like or that. film director. Okay. Yeah, and Dark Castle Entertainment is responsible for films like 1999's House on Haunted Hill, which famously I tried to watch when I was a child and was too scared, turned it off. Oh, so cute. And I've never tried since then. So I, I've heard it's not good. It's, there, they, it does have a cult following because everything has a fucking cult following on film Twitter. So, okay, let's not do let, no hot takes this early. Um, and also House of Wax connections. Oh, and of course, hello. This movie was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh, ooh child, he's got good taste. He Daddy. is good taste. <laughs> Orphan stars Vera Farmiga as Kate. Oh, we know her. We love her. She's part of the conjuring franchise she's the mom in the bates motel tv show which i've never seen before she's Ooh! a horror icon bates motel yeah, is good have- julianne i'm sure i believe you i believe you and um you you definitely want to plug your the conjuring episode yes. and your patreon episode if you want to hear more about Vera Farmiga, you can tune into our episode on The Conjuring, or you could head on over to patreon.com slash scarymoviepod for our episode on The Conjuring 2. Shameful plug. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, everyone always, I think, cites her performances in The Conjuring franchise as, like, her greatest, but, like, I think it's this, baby. She fucking rules <sighs> this movie. I More on that later, but... Well, yes, and I have a specific... I do. I want to specifically take a chunk to talk about the cold open of this movie, but right now I would like to say she gives out a gorgeous guttural scream in that nightmare sequence. And it is incredible. She's so good. Yeah. She doesn't scream in a lot of these other movies. Yeah. You're right. Cause she's kind of more like the, the voice of reason and yeah. Yeah. Um, Also stars Peter Sarsgaard as John who was in The Cell from 2000, The Skeleton Key from 2005, The Lie, which I don't know what the hell that is, from 2018. What is horror that? Movie. Yeah. Horror movie. I just was, these were like the three horror movies that he was in. Okay. Will appear in the upcoming film, The Batman. That's exciting. Yeah, that seems that. like a yeah. big, big thing for him. Yeah, <laughs> big thing for him. Oh, and it stars Jimmy Bennett, as as Parker has in quotes, shit child Daniel, oh, <laughs> who was in the Amityville Horror from 2005 and Poseidon from 06 he was also the person who accused I believe um was it Aja 
or is her, is her name pronounced Aja or Asia Argento, D Daria Argento's daughter. He was the one who accused her of sexual molestation from like a movie set or something. Oh was, yeah, because she was one of the people who was like part of like the Me Too movement. And then people were like, yo, you did something, some bullshit. And it was him that kind of called her out. Um, <gasps> let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if her name is pronounced Aja or Asia Argento, but Dario's daughter, yeah, she, he accused her of doing some shady shit to him, so. Wow, what a twisted yeah. web of horror personalities. Uh-huh, yep. And then um, Ariana Engineer is Max, the daughter who's deaf. She was in Resident Evil Retribution from 2012 and i guess that's kind of it um and also cch pounder as sister abigail rosemary dunsmore as grandma barbara who's a bitch and margo martindale as dr browning and the star miss Ooh. isabel Furman as the queen miss esther who fucking fucks this movie <laughs> jesus julia <laughs> <laughs> all right how do you really feel no, no, I mean a good way. She like <laughs> no, you're not. it sounded sounded very good. <laughs> um, she was in the Hunger Games from 2012, the TV series Masters of Sex, and the upcoming films Escape Room 2 and Orphan Kills. Orphan's first kill. I'm sorry. I'm so Orphan sorry. Kills. You're on <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Halloween kills, Orphan Kills. How good of a title would Orphan Kills be? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just pitched you. <laughs> so, well, I thought I think it's really interesting wow. that you revealed to me because I'm not so much in the orphan, no, but you're yeah. a bit of an orphan expert. I'm a bit of an so, orphan fan, yeah. Yeah, you told me that this is a prequel that is coming yeah. out. Um, so, yeah, so everyone was a little bit like, huh, that's interesting because she's like 22 now. Yeah. She was 12, I think, when this movie came out. Um, so, yeah, they're supposed to be doing some kind of weird technology. Like, you know how in The Irishman they did that weird oh. aging shit? They're going to do that and kind of do like a mixture of like, you know, kind of weird edits um, and just make her seem younger. But yeah, it's going to be like her journey before she meets, what What the hell is their last name in this movie? The family. Who? Oh. Family. Don't ask you know? me. I don't know. Um, well, the family. It's like her journey and up until she meets them. So. Well, yeah, there's a lot. Fire. Huh. Sure the fire yeah i just thought that was kind of surprising because i feel like as with many horror movies like the ending like i don't see a body in a bag so like i i think that the door oh, yeah. to a sequel would be really easy so it's surprising well, to me that they specifically are doing a prequel because i mean yeah. there is a lot to it her backstory but like we've heard it you know right i agree and i think and this is something we'll get into later, but like I, there is an alternate ending that I kind of would have preferred for this movie. It would have been a little bit better. I think so it could have gone on to like a sequel and made, and just went like another detour of a different family. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved that. Just like mm -hmm. another terror, terror. Yeah. Um... Let her go. Let her rip shit up. Yep. Yeah. She's just <laughs> a child again. And then there's the exact same twist. Yeah. They would have to get creative on how to make well, that interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this time she's 33 and <laughs> she is uh, like half Velociraptor. <laughs> the IMDb summary for Orphan says a husband and wife who recently lost their baby adopt a nine year old girl who is not nearly as innocent as she appears. Bum, bum, bum. The Rotten Tomatoes critic score for Orphan is a 56%. Uh, the audience wow. score. 63% also somewhat Ooh, too low the critics consensus for Orphan says while it has moments of dark humor and the requisite scares Orphan fails to build on its interesting premise and degenerates into a formulaic sleazy horror thriller the fuck it does that is a bullshit that is such a bullshit take no trash take uh uh but Incorrect. also Sleazy? sleazy great way to, no great way to describe this movie it's not, i don't think it's sleazy though i think i think it has more style to it than that That's well i do but like sleazy in a fun way i i don't know trash some of this is trash but some of it's kind of kind of fun i would take this as a compliment <laughs> of course you would of course you take sleazy as a compliment <laughs> um. 
But Julian, what is your critics consensus um, of Orphan, which I will mention, disclaimer for transparency, Julianne is an expert on Orphan, and I'm sure it will come up momentarily, but she has a fabulous article that I read moments ago um, on Orphan, on Bloody Disgusting. And if you want to read it, I'm going to put the link in the show notes to this episode so you can just go check that. Thanks, baby. Um, I, I think I think it's a genuinely, I, th- I, I think it's one of the better, one of the best movies of the late two thousands. Because there there were there were some, but I think it was it was oversaturated with a lot of bullshit remakes and a lot of just bullshit in general. This is a truly like original take on the bad seed kind of trope. The, um, I think this movie grapples with a lot. I mean, there's it's really it feels authentic um I think it's incredibly well written it, it doesn't feel overstuffed to me even though it's it's grappling with like the trauma of pregnancy loss which is something that people don't talk about a lot miscarriages mm-hmm. I mean it's unsupportive unfit therapist for people she has a therapist mm-hmm. and she's a bitch to her I mean that's a Ugh. that is a real thing that people deal with um alcoholism she, they have a deaf child that is used that is actually utilized as a plot device which is it's not just like thrown in there for a good measure she's actually it's, it's used with purpose um the doofy dad trope feels kind of tropey but also legit um I, I just I, I just I love the way that things are handled in this and again it doesn't feel like it's too much it kind of just feel everything fits in like a big puzzle and it all kind of makes sense by the end it, it, there's always a reason for everything I love I think it's I think it's great writing I really do I don't think I don't I don't think it's sleazy so whatever Rotten Tomatoes Oh, well, my critics, it's actually scary. There's good performances here like that. Like she is truly she's she's scary. And you know, she's scary. Like if she she came into your house, you'd be you'd be running. I haven't said anything, Julianne. Stop accusing me. (laughs) I can see your face. (laughs) So, well, let me just go ahead and break the ice then. My critics consensus sleazy but in a great way. I'm kidding. No, I, I loved it. I had a great time watching this. Um, yeah. I thought it was really fun. And like you said, it feels like there's substance to the fun too, which yeah. is always an A plus in my book. I'm yeah. watching a movie to enjoy myself, which, you know, you don't always have to be enjoyable, but in this case it was. Um, I do, I, I understand when Rotten Tomatoes say that it degenerates into a formula because there are certain things about it that um I've seen before I've seen again and it's it's bad seed territory I mean we've seen this stuff a million times with the bad the bad kid it just goes in different directions I think is that's interesting but even like there are a few like stamps on it like her at the very end kicking Esther off of her and saying I'm not your fucking mommy Mm -hmm. like that feels like a very generic horror movie stamp at the end of a movie yeah. Um, so little things like that, but I do agree with you. And I, I think the big standout here that makes the movie work is Vera Farmiga and um, Isabel Furman. I think that they nail it. They are so yeah. good. I literally Googled Isabel Furman because I was like, there's no way that a child could do this. This must actually be a woman who looks like a child because there's no way. And she is so good. And something that you mentioned in your article that everyone should be reading right now is um, like how, like to be a fly on the wall filming of the filming of some of these scenes, because I need to know like how you would handle some of this stuff with children, even some of the stuff that children say to each other, where it's just a scene with children. It's like, are they allowed to like have children do that? I remember when um, Kick-Ass came out and Chloe Grace Moretz has like a potty mouth. And there's this big uproar of like, this is a child that you're having say all this stuff. Like, this is the same thing where I'm like, holy shit. Like, she is really... um... It's dark. I mean, they have her do some dark-ass shit. I mean, this is not... Yeah, I mean, she she really goes to a place. I'm wondering if she got therapy after <laughs> I don't no, really I mean I don't know if they I mean she she probably didn't need it but I'm saying like you know I don't know you don't know like well yeah I mean that was her pretending to smack a nun with a hammer <laughs> so yeah and speaking of controversies this movie as you can imagine a little bit of um drama which you can read about in julianne's incredible article um (laughs) where um 
you know, uh, government officials and people in charge of adoption agencies were not happy about the depiction of adopting orphans, especially from other countries. And they had to do a little fighting, a little finagling with the verbiage in their trailers. And even on my DVD, there was a hilarious little commercial that said, orphan is not based on real children. Please support local orphanages. (laughs) And I was just like, what? I know, the the magical disclaimer of, yeah. But here's the thing, don't all the best movies all the best movies get ripped apart by conservatives and by people who suck. I mean, look at Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I introduced you to for the first time this winter, this Christmas. You did, you did. That got ruined by uptight people. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, and even, so we have a little fun fact here in a second, but even um, like Scream, when Scream came out and it was like, this is going to inspire children to do bad things. And you texted me a little case from last year that um, specifically had the quote in it. This was just like orphan where it's bizarre. A mother and father from Indiana adopted a young gal from the Ukraine and they ended up abandoning her and leaving her and fleeing to Canada, which they have now been... um, press charges against for this because they claimed that she was actually um i believe they said a 22 year old woman who had tried to push the mom into an electric fence pour bleach into her coffee and threatened to stab them in their sleep which is pretty insane um and they like had her treated in therapy and stuff and from what i can tell from this article from last year from the daily mail um it appears that she was determined to actually be eight years old when this happened and that the charges against them are legit. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. I remember remember when it first came to that, everyone was like, yo, that's the plot of orphan. What the hell? You know, like, and then it kind of, then it was like, Oh, wait a minute. She actually was a kid. Oh, wait a minute. She wasn't. Oh, it was like a lot of back and forth. But so, so the, the last thing we've heard is that the allegations were true, but that she's a child. Yes. Okay. Okay. The other thing that you sent me, um, which Julianne, just my little info source, just feeding me all the deets, um, which I then went on a bit of a deep dive on, (laughs) is apparently Orphan was in some way inspired by a real woman named uh, Barbara Skorlova. So I actually, it's hilarious. I Googled her name and she's come up in a bunch of different articles that are saying different things. So... I don't know what the truth is. So it appears like one article, I think it was from CBS, said that she was posing as a young boy and going to school. And because she also has a degenerative uh, hormone disorder that makes her look like a child. Mm -hmm. And um, this thing that you sent me said that she took advantage of two mentally ill women and had them torture their children. So I'm seeing a lot of crazy stuff. So uh maybe we'll have to start a true crime podcast on <laughs> this person and get to the 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 juice because it was too much for me to wade through all of it because i was reading you a do lot. a three-part series just on the basis of orphan yeah exactly so it seems like there's a bit of legend and lore informing orphan yeah. even if the adoption commercial claims that orphan is not based on real children you lie. what's the I, truth i just i i love and and of of course, I mean, this is like, this isn't every bad seed kind of bad evil child movie, but like the way that she expertly exploits every single crack in their relationship between John and Kate, like I, I love it. She's every, everything she can get her hands on. She's like, oh, the diary tells me this, this, and this, got it. I'm going to fuck up this, do yeah. this and do that. I, I just, I, I love it. I think, and, and that's why it's almost when you're watching it, like this kid is way too smart to be nine years old. And then of course she, cause she was nine years old, but uh, she's way too smart to be nine. Right. Years old. right. <laughs> and um, I, I, one scene, I mean, we'll probably jump around, but one scene that always disturbs me and, and it's not, it's not a scary scene or anything, I, but it, it just gets under my skin. It's when it's, it's well after um, Kate, as Vera Famiga, she's teaching, cause she's a piano teacher. She's teaching Esther how to play piano. And then like, 
a little bit later on, she sees her playing Tchaikovsky, like, expert, like perfectly. Like, da, 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 da. And she, you're like, who is this person? And that's when you start to kind of get like the chill. She looks at her like, yeah, like, like she's like, you didn't, she's like, you offered to teach me and I accepted. Like, you know, I, I feel bad. For, I, I pity you because you have a deaf child, basically. Like, bitch, like, she, like, she's a little shit. And I think I just, she gives me the chills and like, yeah. I yeah. think something that's really fascinating about this movie is like that situation where she says, you asked me if I wanted, if you could teach me and I accepted, yeah. is the way that we like treat and what we do around children, because we're not yeah. thinking about what they're one picking up on, like when the right. dad is kind of, I actually think that he was telling that mom from school, like, no, I will not come to your house and move that chair. Yeah. He was being yeah. chill there, which was good. But like, yeah she was purposefully listening to that situation because mm-hmm. it's just like the I mean, fact that that mom would be like approaching the dad like that, like us as adults, we know what's happening there. And right. obviously Esther is an adult, but like, they're just doing that right. in front of the children, you right, know? Right. They, and there's a lot of stuff in this movie like that, where it's like, no, you don't do that in front of children. It's, and then understanding how much they think they're like sponges, right? I mean, that's, well, she, I mean, because she, she knew that he had cheated on her before. And she, yeah. she, again, she exploited that by being like, oh, he's, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to hit that. And she's like, wait, what? You know, like she, everything she could, the scene, I think, and I guess, I mean, we could, I guess, start getting into it now, but like, they're, they're, they're pretty hot for each other. Like they're like, they're a pretty sexual couple at the beginning it's, it seems like she's kind of still traumatized by the pregnancy loss she doesn't really want to be touched or anything and then they start kind of slowly started kind of hooking up again and start having sex again and um they, they have sex in the kitchen in that, that one scene and it's kind of hot right you're like okay cool you know but, but no, not when you have kids damn, <laughs> yeah no i that was and the scariest you know, scene of the whole movie <laughs> they're gonna get caught. and you know he, they're going at it and he's behind her and then you know, she, they bang their head. You're like, ha ha, that's realistic. Yeah. And then all of a sudden oh, you just yeah. see her, she's in the fucking corner. And I'm like, Ooh, I just, I had the chills. I'm like this little bitch. And then she's like, yeah, I know they fuck. Yeah. When she, <laughs> it's so disturbing. Like she's like, yeah, I know they fuck like, fuck you. I, I know that you guys fuck. Like it, it's so, I'm like, Ooh, the balls on this little girl. Like, you know, like, before you know, you're like, God, she's ballsy. And like, yeah, you know, it's bizarre, the the parents' relationship, because sometimes it does feel really intimate, and yeah. but sometimes it's, it's just hot and cold, you know? Sometimes it, I'm just like, they don't like each other at all. Well, I don't think it's so much that. I think it's just they're, they're portrayed as, like, a normal couple that have had issues, and, like, he he doesn't trust her entirely because of her alcoholism and because she, like, like there's, so, there's so much background and context to this movie, like, and it all, it all fits in event. It all kind of comes together, but like, you know, she used to be an alcoholic, she's a recovering alcoholic and yeah. she, it's alluded to that basically she was out or she was drinking or drunk or passed out or something. And the youngest daughter was outside by the pond and fell in because she wasn't paying attention to her and she could have drowned. Um, so but yeah, the dad was there and I have this there. whole thing written down as like something that I want to discuss because I have a lot of emotions. So you mentioned yeah. that she has this therapist and at first yeah. the therapist is being chill. She says that, you know, uh, Kate confesses that she <laughs> thought about going to buy some wine and she says that it was more important to her for her to have had the urge and then resisted it than to pretend right. that she doesn't have the urge at all. And I was like, that's actually pretty good advice. Like yeah. that sounds great. Um, yeah. And then we don't see a lot from her. And then there's just this scene, like three quarters of the way into the movie where the husband and the therapist are just completely weaponizing mm-hmm. her, her addiction and her issues against her. And I hated yeah. that. I thought that seemed so unprofessional. Yeah. And she, uh, Kate even says to John, she says, why does everyone here get the benefit of the doubt from you except for me? Uh, it cuts so deep. Cause it, and it, it's, it had, I, I listen, not to get too personal, but like I've watched it in my own parents' marriage. Like I've like, I watched my mother who is a saint be like to my dad, this is ha- going on, this is happening. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then to the outside world, he's Mr. Friendly. He's Mr. L- nice guy listening to that. Oh yeah, so-and-so said this, so, you know, but yet to my own mother, he's like, meh, you know, gaslighting basically, right? That is so common. And that's why like, 
what's so great is these characters are so complicated and you care about them so much like you want to see them be okay but at the same time like my, my resentment towards john just like grew and grew and yeah he's the typical doofy fucking dad character that's just like no she's fine and i'm like oh i just want to punch yeah. him in the face and you know he pays for it which i think is great yeah. And I mean, the movie gets here eventually, but right there is, I wrote my notes about halfway through the movie. I was like, listen, I love that something you could think about this movie is why don't they just get rid of her? But right. like at the same time, cause I thought that too, I was like, dude, just like at what point is it yeah. not worth it anymore? But like, right. that would be so traumatic to a child. That would be so hard for a parent. You would have so much guilt. It would be embarrassing. Sure. Like, even when I was adopting my precious child, my cat hot dog, I was terrified to go there. Cause I was like, what if I get the wrong cat sure. and we're not getting along. And then in a month I want to give him back. Like I know that I would not be able to give him back. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's adopting a child. Like it's through thick, it's, it's like getting married. It's like through thick and thin allegedly, you know, but this is a child and you're taking yeah. care of a child. Um, well, children suck anyway. So I mean, that's right. Yeah. But <laughs> sorry, adoption agencies <laughs> disclaimer. And I just, I like, even up to the point where like, I, I love, they, I love that they even include, like you wanted to bring up the opening, but like, I love that they include like the building up of her being like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm finally like, cause like, mm. cause that's a huge decision and adopting an older child. And she's going back and forth and she's like, okay, I think I'm ready to go. And then when, of course, when they meet her and you could tell like right off the bat, like she like automatically, she always favors the father. There's like this weird. Yeah. And I even like, thought like, in what world, I mean, I know that he happens upon her, but if yeah. I were to walk into a room where the two of them were together, like, I'd be like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, that's the, one of the big things I, I love about this movie makes it so icky is that there's like a Freudian psychology to this movie where it's like the girl wants to fuck the dad and like, yeah, yeah the, the child wants to fuck the, and, and it's just, it's, it makes me like, oh, like how can they it's like almost like they got away with so much in this movie like because she's not actually a child but it's just it's so repulsive you know like yeah that haunting part where she's like we're scared of the lightning I want to sleep next to daddy and in the in the meantime before that like he has he has a heart on because she's going down on him and like he and I'd be like you need to go away (laughs) like yeah give us five minutes come back Uh, but no that was so because then she does just hop into bed and like he's like trying to adjust his britches yeah. <laughs> and I was just like oh like because that was another thought there's another yeah. scene at the where the where Kate and uh, Esther fight and yeah. he's and he's like we're gonna sleep up here I think you should sleep on the couch and I was like in what world is that uh-huh. dad going to sleep alone with the child they've had for like what a couple of months I know and not mm. to mention like she's it's a weird age because she's prepubescent like so she's probably going to be getting her first period soon and like developing breasts and like like that and it's like it's a weird age I feel like for dad like I know like like I know my dad had a weird had a hard time with like me you know growing becoming a teenager and stuff and like so it's kind of like you know she's a child but it's also like maybe give her some space and let the mom kind of feel things because she's a woman too like it's it's weird it's a very icky thing but yeah um I, I love even like that one scene where Esther locks the bathroom door and what she's like we don't lock doors in this house and I'm like well she's a I'm like well even, even before you know the twist I'm like well she's a young girl like she wants privacy like that's like that to me would be like I get that you know what yeah I mean? and she doesn't know this fan I thought that was crazy right. too. I was like she doesn't know you well, she doesn't know y'all like give her space <laughs> yeah now you mentioned the op- the cold open and yeah. I just want to quickly uh say that I so it, it it's a bizarre scene because it is so over the top and like almost campy where like they're like wheeling her on the wheelchair and she's leaving like a trail which is horrifying trail of like miscarriage blood underneath her and then a nurse like looks she's like where's my baby and a nurse like looks her dead in the eyes and says something like your baby's dead like with no sympathy like this is such a bizarre scene and also I think that it really capitalizes on like something that I love about horror, how it's able to use like gross outs and like insanity to actually look at a pretty serious issue. Like you were saying, I don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of movies handling um, miscarriages or stillbirths or uh, that type of issue. And so 
yeah, I think the beginning is really bizarre. I don't know if you yeah, have anything is. to add. Well, didn't you, I mean, she adds that guttural scream and just like, it, it, it's, it's like primal. So I think, good. and I think that's the weird thing is like the, the beginning is so primal, I think. And then it's because that's, that, that's what's going on in her brain, right? At this moment. And you can feel that. And then the move, rest of the movie is not like that, which I really like. Like it's not like, if I, like if I would have seen that for the first time been like, eh, this movie's kind of, you know, it's a little ridiculous. And then like, then the movie itself is so real and authentic to me that it's, mm-hmm. it's not like that. It's just what's going on in her brain. It, yeah. I, I think, it, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's something I'm really curious about. The, obviously this whole movie is, I mean, I'm not going to say this because if you listen to my interview with Anish Chaganty, who directed and wrote Run, um, I asked him about the twist of that movie. And he said that the twist of that movie came in the process of creating the movie because when I see a movie I'm like oh somebody thought of this twist and was like let's make a movie somebody one of these guys was like oh my god an orphan who's actually 33 movie let's go I don't know if that's the case actually so whatever yeah but I think that this what I what I'm curious about is there are quite a few little subplots involving Esther like living life as a child. You know, mm-hmm. she's having issues at school. She's like, you know, worrying about how to dress. And mm-hmm. you know how sometimes I don't know if this has come up on a movie we've done together, but sometimes I feel like a movie is actively instead of like tricking me, like it's lying to me. And I just wonder how you feel about like if a grown woman in the body of a child would have just known better how to handle herself at school because the first like evil thing we see Esther do is pushing that girl out of the jungle gym. And in my brain, it's like, well, a 33 year old woman just wouldn't have been in that situation in the first place because she wouldn't have been the the loser at school. Right. Yeah. And I think also like she blow, she would, she'd blow her cover too much. Like I, yeah. it, it's kind of like, yeah, it's hard. Cause then but at the same time, like, that's just, that's, that's inherent in her personality. Like she can't help herself almost. Like she's a psychopath. Right. Well, yeah. So yeah, I, I can kind of see both. Like I've kind of feel like there's some things that are purely just there for plot, moving the plot along and being like, here's the evil kid doing evil kid shit. But it's yeah. also like, at the same time, like, like you said, it kind of feels like there is some of it that just feels she's, I mean, she's going to do fucked up shit because she's fucked up. So I can, I, yeah, I, I can see both. I, I don't think it's manipulation per se, but it teeters. It teeters, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I just thought that some of the school stuff was strange. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. She would have known how to cover her tracks and blend in a little, yeah. I think. If I were, I like, a, in a child's body, I wouldn't be wearing, like, a 50s dress and carrying right. a Bible around. I would know right. better than that. And she's done it before i mean she's done this shit before so you think she'd be kind of yeah it's it is kind of weird yeah. um i mean unless like you said she's like really trying to um provoke people yeah i i do want to bring up um i want to hear what you think about like the mm-hmm. scene because they're the only the boy daniel the son daniel like ha- like as yeah i'm an only child so i can't speak to this but as someone yeah. who you have, you have a couple siblings. So tell me, what would you do if you were in that situation? If you were intimidated by your mm-hmm. older sibling and they were like threatening you, like, don't, don't tell mom and dad, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you if we do. Like, what would you so do? I'm mad. She's, she's scary, man. Well, I am, oh, yes, the youngest of three. Says. Remember, she's, she's going to call up as a little prick before she, he knows what to do with it. I know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think she says hairless. Hairless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, I So I am the youngest of three. And yes, many yeah. threats have been made against my life in that household. <laughs> um, you know, I think what's tough is that I would never believe my sisters because I had never seen my sisters kill anyone. Yeah. Having seen Esther kill people, I think what's really wonderful about the siblings storyline is that they're really trying to protect their family because they have seen what Esther can do. And, you know, like the scene where Esther's holding that Russian roulette pistol up to Max's face. Oh, Max so has cool. the cutest little face in the world oh, and know. seeing a gun held in it is so scary. Oh, she's so cute. So I think that like, I think what is really great about the family in this movie is like they are trying, besides that dad who can get stabbed. <laughs> um, 
they're like they're legitimately trying to look out for each other and like max isn't going to tell because uh esther says she'll shoot her mom if she doesn't if she does and so i actually really love the siblings and i also really buy something that i was like oh yeah totally is that daniel knows sign language Mm-hmm. We see it at the end. Like, he really does know sign language. But at that dinner table, he pretends that he doesn't because he's like, my sister's such a freak. Like, what's she yeah. saying, mom? Uh. And, like, that feels very much like a sibling thing to do. Now, him defaulting to some racism with Esther, not cool. But... Yeah, but he's also a... a how old is he? 11-year-old little shit. And that's how 11-year-old little shithead boys are, so... I guess, Authentic. but... Yeah, I, I did think that the sibling uh, dynamic was really uh, solid. Um, but also, there's a scene, pivotal, where Daniel and Max are making a plan to try and save the parents, and he's speaking sign language, or, which is a silent form of communication, but he's also saying it out loud, and Esther's listening at the door. Oh, I know. If you were I trying know. to tell a secret, just do the sign language. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> That's my movie flub. Yeah. (laughs) Of all the things that this movie did, that was the only thing in the movie where I was like, nope, wouldn't happen. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, That's dumb. Yeah. Um, And also, I think I mentioned this in the article too. One thing, and one of the only things, the only flaws this movie has, there's the bit of like, the editing when there, when there's the the body double of when she's supposed to be like a grown up, like that, like girl, that does not look authentic at all. I'm like, (laughs) I would like to ask I so I I read your article and you said that in the article I I don't know what you're talking about the 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 scene the most primarily is the ending when she she's revealed to be a woman and she takes off everything and she's they oh she's like unbinding her unbinding herself and she's purposely covering her face in the in the the scene did you notice that the woman I gotta look it up woman who was playing her um i mean her her as an adult like with like breasts and stuff like she's covering her face with her hand and i think that looks i'm like that i'm like no you're co- i'm like you're that you could have you could have placed the camera somewhere where her face just doesn't you don't see her, her face like it's just it's so bad I, it's only yeah. finally, finally fall. okay pause for a moment i'm going to watch it <laughs> Jay, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this. Oh, whatever. Nothing out of the ordinary to me there. And in fact, I remember specifically when I watched it the other night, I thought, wow, are they allowed to have a child undressing on my screen right now? <laughs> maybe maybe because I've seen it like a thousand times. Maybe I just noticed it more, but it bothers me. Yeah, I, I, I cannot tell. But yeah, they don't show her face. It is like you see her little nipples poking through that uh, binding. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> okay, so the first time that we are given a hint that Esther is truly evil, I would argue is not when she kills Sister Abigail, which is when we see that she truly is evil and is willing to kill people. But when she pushes Max into the street in front of Sister Abigail's car, I feel like the whole scene is escalating with this great suspense and tension. And you're like, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? Like, she's got a hammer. Yeah. That one's got a car. And then she pushes the child in the street. That is a moment in this movie where I, like, literally gasped. I was like, oh. And then, yeah, the death of Sister Abigail is truly gruesome. And I just love how much, like, we know that crazy stuff's happening. But just, like, a quick pivot that is in the movie where it's like, oh, this is, like, a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... Oh, I mean, I think she has a lot of like that character has a lot of empathy. Like Esther? I, I, no, no, I, sister. Abigail. Oh, so, it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no, I mean she she was rooting for her. Like I, I I I genuinely feel bad for this woman. I'm like she was she was she wanted this little girl to be adopted out. But that being said, it also blows my mind that she goes all the way there and she's like, oh, I think we made a mistake. I'm like girl how how like what made you just pull this together right now that you oh you might have made a made a mistake yes if she if she 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 said that she was right there when the little boy cut he cut himself or something or stabbed himself with scissors and the fire the sullivan house fire yada yada i'm like you're just putting this together now like like that kind of bothers me though too yeah her. I'm, I'm like she's so i'm like she's so sweet and she I, I it breaks my heart when she dies but i'm like 
girl, you, you're really, we're just getting to know, we're just realizing this now. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it seems like she does know how to investigate. And honestly, like if Kate can get as far as she did, like sister Abigail should have been able to a long time ago. Um, yeah. I will say that like, the CGI blood that makes an appearance in this movie, not great. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I don't really notice. Is is it bad? Is it kind of? She's like hitting Sister Abigail. There's just a little like spurts coming out of it, and they just look a little silly. And even like at the end when yeah. Kate like kicks her, there's kind of like a like of blood, and it looks a little silly. Looks a little silly. Yeah. Yeah. And I- you know, I never disagree with you, Parker. <laughs> well, of all the CGI that happens in horror movies, I feel like the CGI blood is the one that bothers me the most. That's just like the easiest yeah. thing to just do yourself, and it always looks better. Yeah. 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 I don't know why they do that either, but mm. yeah. Um, that's probably one of the best scenes. And I think uh, I do love the scene where when she blows up, not, well, kind of blows up, but sets the treehouse on fire and yeah. the, her, the smile, the smile on her face, like, oh my God, I, I yes. love it. Even, and that's, no, no, you actually, you're wrong. You're wrong about the first, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. How wrong am yeah. I? No, the first time we see that she's actually a little shit is when she kills the pigeon. Remember? Well, yes, but like everything has reasoning. Like she kills the pigeon and yes, you're right that that is like, a smoking gun that they left for us or whatever they call it somebody's gun uh, <laughs> you know movie stuff um you know they show us that because it makes an appearance um but yeah. i the the way that she describes it makes total sense to me as somebody who grew up with like farms uh <laughs> her being like hey that thing's in pain put it down yeah i was like yeah yeah and so yeah, and even when she pushes the the little girl out of the tree house like Yes, that's evil, but to me, the push is something a little girl would do. The breaking the ankle and all that stuff, like yeah. that that was just circumstance. That was just luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's this moment where she really like is the one hammering Sister Abigail's head. Like that is so sinister. And you're right, like from there, it really is just like a snow uh, winter, a snowball effect. Like she is just like off the rails. Like from there, the movie speeds up so fast. We but get I, like I, mental institute. We get the tree house. There's the whole uh, hos- oh, the hospital stuff was great. I wrote my notes. I said, OMG, did she really just kill him? Like, uh, like it's I crazy. Think, and I think we can't ignore just like the general, like again, going back to like the Freudian psychology, like she hates this mother. She hates yeah. Amiga. And I think it's this the slow burn of like the manipulative shit that she does to her like i like the one thing is the flower picking which like that oh my god it's like she's growing and the dad's active ignorance about that that is that he's like she didn't know it's like no you are actively just like vera farmiga says like he is giving everyone the benefit of the doubt except for her it's infuriating but like she it's like she she know like she opens up to her and says like who like she she's like who's Jessica and she tells her and she tells the whole story she shows her the garden she knows how much those flowers mean to her and the little bitch picks them all out and that like the the pain on her face on Vera oh it's such a good scene and like but again you know that Vera Farmiga is not that stupid or I should say Kate is not that stupid to like pull her arm that hard where it's like she could yes. do something to hurt her I'm like no she wouldn't do that at all she's not a dummy but like then the arm breaking thing Esther splits it into the arm breaking and oh my god I mean how come on come on guys like that's the thing that's another thing where it's like this is true insanity because like our bodies have natural reactions to stop ourselves from doing stuff like that to ourselves she clearly doesn't have it like she is willing to do whatever whenever she's crazy yeah 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 I can't that's that's why I have to turn my head with that one. I can't watch. It's a pretty bad one, yeah. I can't watch. Yeah, any like kind of bone popping thing. I just don't. Yeah, no. She's like, mm, I, I can't. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah, I'm ready to hit the finale. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think there's nothing. I think we covered a lot of it. Yeah, go ahead. Go on. Sir. The finale. She gets all dolled up. Well, oh. Vera, oh, well, I mean, because Vera is. Okay, here's a question I have. Can yeah. they just sedate people willy-nilly at a hospital? Like, I know she just slapped a child in the face and it was incredible, but like, can they just do that? 
<laughs> and it was incredible. It was. It I was mean, so good. Uh, that's I, another moment where this movie, it's like, you don't think something like that can happen. And they just yeah. do it. Like, you yeah, don't think she's actually going to slap her and she just does it. <laughs> like, wouldn't you, though? If, if, if she was trying to no, kill I my, my, slap my, her. my baby. Okay. Oh, no, no, I, no I, you would think that they would like arrest her at least at the very yeah. least before. No, they sedate her. Sedate her. That was bizarre. Know. But I mean, um, obviously, she has to be out of the house so we can have this great seduction yeah. scene, um, which, as you mentioned in your incredible article that everyone should be reading, um, it, it is so bizarre because it's before. I would think if I were writing this movie, I would reveal that she was 33 before the seduction scene. But no, they're just like, no, nope, she's still a child. Yeah. And yeah. like, she's getting some moves in on that dad. And that dad is that's like- how, Yo, that's how I would dress. I would I would put on a little black dress and a choker. <laughs> and a choker. And like the dark makeup and red lips. That's how I would seduce someone. And I'm like, whoa, she, this little girl, she knows too much. She knows she's got too good much. style. She knows that gothic aesthetic too much. I just like, and, it's like, he, oh. the thing is, it, it's not that she's just doing it. It's that he's like, he like is being like, whoa, stop. But also he's like opening up and like letting himself be much more vulnerable than you should be with a child. Like he, he just yeah. starts like crying and telling her things, which is like what I would think like he would do if a grown woman was doing like right. to me it's like he is pushing off her advances but he's also not like he's letting her in in a different way than you would let in a child emotionally well like a typical like a typical asshole man who needs his ego stroked it's like he she's telling him like I just I think I'm the only one who appreciates you I'm alone in appreciating you John and you're and I'm like and that's that's the way to for a man that seems like he's that insecure, which he seems pretty insecure. That's how you do it. She knows. She knows because she's a thirty three year old woman who's been around the block. Hell yeah. She's gonna play it. So I mean, it all. I was like that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And he's like drunk and high out of his mind. I was about to say he just downs that bottle of wine. Yeah. Which Vera, come on, if you're going to skip out on your. Hey, Tip or whatever yes. you're gonna do it in your own kitchen it's just like why would you go buy wine first of all i love that scene because she's buying the wine and she's like we're, we're having guests over and it's just like, he doesn't care just buy the wine oh i know she's but, she's so guilty yeah well yeah but i just thought that was funny but then i'm just yeah. like she's gonna sit in her own kitchen and do that where her husband it's the same thing as them having sex in the kitchen it's like somebody's gonna catch you which they don't mm-hmm. she has to have a moment of strength but i still was just like yeah. ridiculous stupid and i I know how to how to do things without getting caught, apparently. <laughs> you also don't have a husband and three kids in the house. It's harder. It's hard to wait with it. <laughs> if only I had a husband and three cats. Um, so here's something that I love in a movie. Um, it happens in one of my fave movies, the 2013 remake of Evil Dead, where there is a big climax, there's a resolution. Oh, we're safe. No, ma'am. Climax oh, yeah. number two. I yeah. do you like that in movies? Yeah, I know people absolutely. that it annoys. No, it's um, I did not like it with our last movie that we reviewed, which was Freaky. I thought that was a little too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just saying. Indeed. But no, this one because I like as well as we're probably gonna start getting into like the end. This is a really bleak movie. Like this, this really. This, I think it should have could. I think it should have ended more bleak than it than it does and personally I think I think that she should have gotten away with it I think it would have been a much better ending um I like the ending like I said we don't see a body in a bag right right but like but when she kicks her it does look pretty dead (laughs) she's drowning but no yeah when you're like oh shit like it's it's done you're like oh no she's she's still around she's still kicking this is she's she scares me in this in this scene I think she when you when you when she gets pissed off and she starts revealing herself to be who she is and she has this look on her face and she's all scarred like she's scary and that yeah. the way that they make her she's like lurking around the house she and she looks like a woman like she's wearing like, like this like like oh her face like, looks kind of like it's haggard. a little uncanny like she looks really yeah. scary looks she, she looks haggard but yeah, yeah. She's, like very, she's really scary and um i think like 
from that point, it feels like a slasher at that yeah. point. Well, I love the, the greenhouse chase. I thought was really fun. It's and like, great. I yeah. would have been satisfied. And then I can't remember specifically what happens, but when Esther like jumps out in the snow forest, yeah. what is this? <laughs> uh, I, that's a really good jump. Like I, I like yelled out in my apartment. Yeah. They're fighting and Max tries to shoot Esther and just that little precious girl pointing that gun at them. And I was just like, don't even try. You're about to kill your mom. And then she shoots the ice, which like she could have killed her mom. Like being trapped under ice, that's scary. Sure. Yeah. Um, And also (laughs) that child with the gun. She's barefoot. That freaked me out too. I was like, ooh. I thought the same thing because Vera Farmiga is dripping wet when they're going to the police. She's like barefoot. Yeah. I was like, you're about to lose those toes. And it all goes back to how she almost drowned when she was yeah. younger because Vera Farmiga was was sick and didn't wasn't watching her and she could have so this time it's like she's actively going in the pond. I'm like, oh it's all it all comes for a full circle movie. I, I like full it. Full circle. Um, circle. But yeah, uh like I say, I, 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 I do like the final, it's like, okay, the actual ending, which is, you know, the cops pull up and the sirens are coming and she gets kicked in the face and she's done. She's dead. Not your fucking mommy. Yada, we'll yada. see. Oh yeah. Not but. Stupid. Yeah. I it's a good line. I cheered, but like, it's stupid. Yeah. It's a, it's a good theater movie where you're like, yeah, you're cheering it on. But I think the alternate ending. Hmm alternate ending i think is a little bit more akin to the rest of the movie alternate ending um, julianne describe alternate ending what happens basically you're you're just you're watching her satisfyingly satisfyingly she's all bloody and she looks gross like she looks very haggard and this is after the greenhouse after the greenhouse yeah she's putting on powder over her face and she's singing and that's the story of that's the glory of life and you're like okay what did she just do there's no one else. Around. There's no one else around in the house. The cops come. She comes, walks down the stairs with her little dress on. And says, "Hi, I'm Esther." All calm and cool as a cucumber. Dripping and blood. Dripping blood. And the cops take her away, and that's it. And I'm like, that would have, even though I think it could have been a little bit more exciting. That is to me is more and t- more tonally accurate to the rest of the movie because it's it's bleak. Yeah. I want to see Esther get away with it. I, not that I want to see people die, but I want to see. I want to see her go on and do it again. Like, I just, I think that would have made more sense for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's interesting. And I do think that then like, I mean, you're left to imagine like, what are they going to put them in two different comp cars and they're going to be kind of like looking at it. You know, there's like, you can imagine stuff that could happen afterwards. I do agree with you that it is interesting and not just as like, oh, it's equal, but like, it's it's that you can't you can't defeat an evil like that and like it's great to see Vera Farmiga like pull herself up and like no I am you know facing my past my fears my traumas and I'm going to save my daughter and I guess head back to the hospital to see my son who was almost mothered um I I feel like it feels satisfying to see that but yeah. I mean, a horror movie, like I, we appreciate when they can play with that. We don't always need the hurrah uh, yeah. at the end of a movie. I feel like if this movie, if this was a smaller production company, something like an A24, something like, you know, like it would, it would A24 been... small, they're big potatoes now, Julian. Yeah, true. But I'm but saying like an indie, though. but they're ballsy though. I just think it would have, I think if, it were, if this were a smaller movie, it would have made, it would have made more sense to kind of make it more bleak. Yeah, and you're right that it, it seems pretty clear seeing that alternate ending that that maybe was intentional and then somebody came yeah. in and was like, hey, you need to amp this up a little bit. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. We need to be able to market this ending. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Julianne, hmm, what would you say? <laughs> Delicious, so many options. What would you say is your most memorable murder from Orphan? Oh God, Sister Abigail getting hammered literally getting what's 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 her uh, what's the woman's name cc is it pounder cch pounder pounded? which like she's she, literally, cool she gets she gets pounded there. yeah girl oh i i, I it's oh it kills me i think that is one of the worst ways to die is, get, is to be blunt force trauma that would just oh oh i, I, I was barely... like you specifically don't want to get hit with a hammer that's too specific <laughs> um i think being burned alive would suck um yeah yeah that's that too 
like there's clearly only one option you're totally right i mean that's so good it's so good it's also like the most drawn out death scene of the movie like that's the one that really gives us like our like horror movie final destination like crazy and she doesn't she doesn't die right away that's no it's so it's so sad she's she sits she's suffering like like a like a like a deer getting hit by a car and you're just watching her and i just oh well (laughs) on a scary scale of one to five how would you rate orphan um i'm gonna say between a three and a half and a four man i think this movie is i I think it's disturbing as fuck yeah i think there are certain the way the way that the lighting hits her face sometimes with the acting just the the overall tonal bleakness of this movie i think it makes it really scary i'm gonna say three and a half or four yeah I'm going to give it a three to a three and a half, just a little bit lower than you, a little closer to average because I I, I totally agree with you. And I think that the richness of the, um, uh, all the stuff we've talked about, the, you know, we've dove into the complexities of this movie. And I think that that richness lends itself to being scarier in a way that like, like I said at the very beginning, like, if you don't want to deal with that, if you're like, horror is not political, uh, whatever, like this movie's just fun too. Like it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Oh, yeah. So I, I love that. And I think that there is a psychological um, disturbance happening here yeah. um, that I think is scarier than most things. Yeah. Definitely. Would you give Orphan a, probably, <laughs> nobody knows what you're going to say, a smash mm-hmm. or a slash? I'll be smashing in the kitchen with this thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> Julianne and the orphan in the kitchen. <laughs> How about you? Oh, thanks Parker? for asking. Um, smash! I'm gonna do it in the bed though, while the children okay. are watching. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're scared of the lightning, and then they say, "I want to oh, sleep next to no. daddy," and I say. Uh, you know not for me actually why don't you go back to your bed <laughs> that's how my movie goes <laughs> i'm like children how'd you get in my house i don't have any children <laughs> uh and that's the horror movie so julianne season three we've had some winners we've had everyone's a winner in my book julianne what is your favorite scary movie well, sure as hell, you better watch out. Um, better you know, watch out. Good choice, Julie. No, <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm gonna change mine from Terrifier to Orphan. Yay! I am shocked, okay. Julianne. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. You know, I'm going to stick to Gremlins. They are the light of my life. If they yeah. walked into my apartment right now, I would wait until midnight and feed them. Oh yeah. No <laughs> uh, children. Julianne, it has been a pleasure. It has been quite a romp. I've loved having you on for this episode. It was such a delight. I probably would have never watched this movie again if nobody had told me to. Just because because I couldn't remember it and I knew that I'd seen it before. So until next time, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review so that we can add more horror fanatics to our... Um, roster of friends (laughs) Um, because we're all friends if you're listening to this right now you're my friend Um, and you know what that's how the cookie crumbles Julianne how could I find you online if I wanted to you can look at pictures you can look pictures of me on Instagram at the Jewel Marie or if you want to watch me sass people on Twitter same handle at the jewel marie wow and you don't want to miss (laughs) out and sometimes she says nice things to me and if you want to find me parker heron you can find me on instagram twitter uh and letterboxd at parker del rey i'm trying to get better at letterboxd it seems like a fun thing to do i don't know clearly it isn't because i don't do it enough (laughs) you can go read where i wrote that wonder woman was not that good but it was fun (laughs) i think that's what my review said And you can find What's Your Favorite Scary Movie on 
Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Scary Movie Pod. If you need more of us, which I know you do, you can go to patreon.com slash scary movie pod for bonus episodes every single month. You can also find our website with our calendar, which is a little vague this month, um, at scarymoviepod.com, or you can send feedback or requests to scarymoviepod at gmail.com. Julianne, what's your New Year's resolution? Uh, honestly, to go back to the movie theater at some point, I hope. Oh, yay. Go some film festivals and actually maybe commune with other human beings. Maybe, you know, have fun, party, get laid, whatever, make money, you know. I love that. Do human things again. Yeah. Mine is, uh, you know, to get fit and sexy. So uh, I hope everybody, um, a listener, what's your New Year's resolution? Incredible. Good luck with that. I know you're going to achieve your dreams this year. Here, popping my champagne. Boop. Um, to a healthy and happy and scary, actually not a scary 2021. I want a very not scary 2021. Uh, but those other things, happy and healthy. Cheers. Clink. Bye. Bye.